Hello, and welcome to Man Enough. Man Enough. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Jamie Heath. And we are digging in to what it means to be a man Mm -hmm. and undefining masculinity and all the invisible forces that cause us to to be a certain way. And we have an amazing guest, a dear friend of ours, Andy Grammer, musician, dancer Dan- <laughs> of dancing with the stars fame of tiktok fame Andy's an amazing man and uh we're not gonna have a long intro here no agree but we filmed the conversation and we would encourage you to stick around if you hear something that makes you uncomfortable don't don't turn off the podcast if you get defensive whatever if you and... if you get if you find yourself getting defensive whatever it is we encourage you to push through it, and I'm gonna make the analogy of a cold plunge. There are times when, when I do it, it is, it is like climbing Mount Everest. I can't do it. I can't get myself to do it. I'm met with tons of resistance, and I get in the water, and I have to just sit through it. And I have to breathe through it. I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, specifically to this conversation, to sit through the discomfort, because mm. you never know what's on the other end. And with that, uh, please enjoy this wonderful episode of Man Enough with Andy Grammer. Jamie Heath, Liz Plank, and Liz Plank, and oh, I'm Justin. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Man Enough Podcast. Here with the amazing Liz Plank, my co-host, and our uh, our co-host Andy Grammer. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Come back, Jamie. Oh. Come back, Jamie. Jamie's Walk leaving. off. Jamie's Come leaving. Back, Jamie. You know, uh, with, with Jamie Heath. Just that quickly, I get, one of I get my, replaced. One of my best friends in the world, mm-hmm. and our guest today is one of our best friends in the world, Andy Grammer. <laughs> I think everybody's your best friend. One of. <laughs> I have a small group. All right. Actually, you're the one that everybody's your best friend. Okay. Anyway, How does yeah. that feel? Does, does, is that a lot of pressure? That every, yeah. you're every, like, it's, they a hear, it's a lot of Liz. FaceTimes. It's a lot of FaceTimes. I feel like it's always be, on a FaceTime. It time. might be... It, I mean, I don't want to make it uncomfortable, but maybe I'm the favorite brown friend. <laughs> no, that's not at all that's, what it is. That's a whole other episode. That's, uh, <laughs> another, episode. that's another episode. episode. Yeah. Andy Grammer, uh, this is really exciting to have you on a podcast. I was on your podcast. Yeah, you were. In front of a live studio audience. That was fantastic. That was, it's great to be back. It's so cool. So mm. if, I'm going to just rattle off some stuff about your bio to make it uncomfortable. Uh, you... It's like when your you, brother t- talks about you. Yeah, you probably something. know Andy. You probably first heard about Andy with uh, "Keep Your Head Up." "Keep Your Head Up" was a massive, massive hit. We've seen you on Dancing with the Stars. Oh gosh, <laughs> which you had a great time. A lot's I, happened between. I want to talk but about. I'm that. mostly a dancer with my camera. <laughs> Big dancer. Um, everybody knows your music. I feel like when I say your name in the music industry, everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's so inspiring!" Or "I love his music." Oh, man. You make music that that makes mm. us smile and that makes us want to keep going and i know that you have saved a lot of lives with your music mm. um so i appreciate that and there's so many more things that you do but i'm not going to embarrass you anymore That'd but but with that welcome to man enough, to man, enough. man it's really good to be here you know who's smiling down and so happy and i'm going to cry if i even talk about her is this is an episode to, how i've done by the time we talk about this has everything to do with my mom your mom yeah mm. For those of you that don't know, Andy's mom passed away, uh, and she was, she was like the feminist 
Yeah. Like the spiritual guru feminist of feminists. Yeah. She was like incredible. Pretty wild to be like an eight-year-old kid, come home and your dad and your brother are like, oh, we have to leave because your mom is having all the women in the community over to t like tell them how important they are. Wow. <laughs> you're like eight and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that sounds important, but like, wait, what are you doing yeah. in there? What's yeah. happening? So was she All like, I knew was like power. Holy uh, shit. So she was like a feminist activist within your community? What did yeah, she do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're members of the Baha'i faith, and she was really about getting the equality of men and women, which then is really like building up women. You mm -hmm. know, so me and my wife were talking yesterday. I was going to come on this, and I was talking about like, as a white man, you have to like, there's a lot of like, oh, I need, I need to like just make sure I understand my place yeah. in this. Mm. And she was saying as a woman, you got to be like, I do so much of uh, making sure that everybody else is okay. I got to get better at like owning my place. Mm. And I watched my mom like just own, own it, her place. And what's so amazing about your mom is that so many of the women we know in our community yeah. still talk about her as if she's still here. Yeah. And like listen to her meditation. Well, she did it all the time. When I first moved out to LA, there was like this group of like pretty hot girls. <laughs> and they all just want to hang on my mom. <laughs> like, like all these girls, like, I'm like, oh, what's up? What's going on? Like, just got to LA. How are you doing? They're like, yeah, we're going to see your mom on Saturday. I'm like, what? Did you learn very early on? this like spatial awareness or even, you know, physical, the, the sort of awareness of how much space am I taking up both verbally, but also physically. Mm, maybe more than I would have if I didn't have her, but I still think the culture, like you get a lot of it. You still get a lot of like that, the inequality stuff, just like in your veins mm. Mm. through life. Mm. But I was very aware of, of the, that I should be Right. dealing with the equality of men and women on a daily basis in every little thing that I was doing. Right. And it's, you know, you like slow, that's an onion you unravel and you go like, ah, oh, I got closer. And then something happens. You're like, ah, I got a lot more work to do. Mm. Uh, but it was on the forefront for sure. Well, I would love to know about the letter that you wrote calling out the behavior, the discrimination, the sexism in your industry. Yeah, I was uh, on a tour and my last tour and I, there's like so much occurring. It takes a while to get to a place where you can run a business well and have your eyes up. Like mm -hmm. for a lot of it's just like in the beginning, you're, you know, you're just running around trying to get stuff done. It's one of the first ones It took way too long, but where I could really like sit and see everyone show up to each day where like my main job tonight is to play music and then the rest of the day is to figure out how everybody's doing. And I had this little inkling to like, oh, I should just get all the women together and see how they're doing. And I got them all on the bus and I was like, hey, anything different we can do here for you specifically um, for the women on this tour? And there's about five of them. And they all told me some stuff that I just wouldn't have thought of because I only think from a man's perspective sometimes. Uh, the thing of like lids on trash cans for feminine products and just some stuff like that. And then like stuff that, you heat when they say this guy touches me too much. Mm. You go like, oh shit! Like if I yeah. really think about that, that's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. But I don't think about it. I just was like, had a pause. I just was like, has anyone ever asked you this? You all tour a lot. Has anyone ever asked you specifically how this tour is for women? Mm. 
And they all gave a resounding no. And then I had to sit with it, kind of like to what you're saying is like, I think I'm a good guy. Mm. And I've been touring for a long time and I have never done this. Um, and it just like rocked me. Mm. And so I just wrote a letter to Polestar, which is like the made the like the big touring magazine that everybody reads. Um Frightened. It was a beautiful letter, man. Frightened to write it because when you write it, you're also putting yourself out there that like, all right, I might say something wrong. I might look stupid. I might whatever. Um, and it was really sweet. And and I didn't, I, I heard a lot from women, which was really sweet, uh, like sincere, like, oh my God, that was awesome. And then also from a lot of guys, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like guys send you an email that's like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, I would love to do this and and try to write it from a place of like I'm an idiot. Let me see if my idiotness can help you be a little bit less of an idiot. And that you know, I heard from other touring companies that like, oh, we have a situation now where we sit down with the women on our tour and we ask them. You know, mm. these are like simple. It's like it's that. again, it's like a the bar is so low. It's it's like it's a low it's, bar. It's step one. Step one. And how did they feel afterwards? Did they tell you the women? Yeah. How how did it make them feel to just literally be asked that question? And for you to... You know, it's similar to race where it's like, yeah. Yeah, right. You want a cookie? I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Right, right. Like you want an award? Right. Yeah. You know? And and I put like a lot of effort into writing that letter. Mm-hmm. And I, I rewrote that letter nine times. Yeah. Because I wrote it, sent it to women. They're like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Why would you put this thing in here? This thing right here, this makes me madder than if you didn't read it at all. Yeah. I'm like, totally. Okay. Let's do it. Like that. You... You really need to develop, we need men to develop a backbone in these areas yeah. to where you send it, they say they hate it, you're like, I I'm trying to help you and all the half of the freaking women in the world and all you have for me is like anger and hate and you're like, you're making me feel stupid. And then you're like, what an idiot. I need to like, I can't, I got to get way past that. Okay, please God, tell me, what can I do? Boom, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Send it to all the women that were a part of the meeting. How does it make you feel? And do you feel like I'm coming off as like savior? Is there any bullshit that's like catching you wrong? Tell me, please. We need men who are willing to just be like humble and open and uh, and not run mm. from this. Stay in, the room. Stay in the room. No matter how uh, uncomfortable it is. Yeah. What I want to say to you, Andy, is having known you for as long as I've known you, you have influenced my life as a man in so many positive ways. The Skid Row Carnival of Love, as an example, which is something that I've done almost every year except this year, where thousands of, 2,000 volunteers come and we serve 5,000 homeless and we get people off the street and all this. That all started because Andy, on his birthday 10 years ago, used it to serve the homeless. And I sat and I sat and I went up there and I'm like, my heart feels drawn to this. And so then like I did that and it was my birthday party and then it just, it grew and it grew, but you've done that for me in so many ways. I do think that there's something to be said about like using what you have and setting an example. When, when was the last time you didn't feel man enough? With the pandemic hitting, no like shows in front of screaming fans, no, um, being in situations where I'm like being recognized, my ego has, I've really had to deal with my ego and like sitting with it and going like, oh, that's, that, I don't want that to be what 
defines me. Mm. But I also would be lying if I didn't like acknowledge that there's something weird happening <laughs> inside yeah. me right now. And so that is affecting my self-worth. And I, I think that self-worth and man, those two words are like pretty close yeah. to each other. With that, let me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, I know I, all, yeah. You, you're like, you're, you're a good guy. Everybody loves you. Okay. Um, that sounds like you're, you're about to shit. You're charming and you're, you're, um, you know, charismatic and you have all, all, all this stuff and you make great music. Uh-huh. People like to like you. So I'm not interested in that. Okay. I mean, of course. I'm more interested in the stuff, the work that I've seen you do, um, where you feel like you are screwing up and where you need to be better. Mm. In order for us to undefine what being a man is, we have to like take like personal inventory and like really mm -hmm. look at ourselves. Yeah. So you, I feel, have been doing some of this and I'm interested. In There's another like. part of my life you know, like the pandemic like really hit me hard and reset a bunch of things. I guess this is like a good show to talk about it on. I didn't do a ton of uh, around the house things. And I thought it was because... Like what? I don't know. Do you do laundry? No. What? Do we just agree well, that... Well, we have someone that does it, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah, but in COVID, that person can't come over. Right. So now it's like literally just the two of us. And... I don't know, before when I was touring and there's all this stuff happening, I got to be on this show and I got to work out because I want to be on Good Morning America. Blah, blah, blah. There was like a lot that made it seem yeah. reasonable why I don't do laundry. <laughs> and But when the pandemic hits, it comes down to like, I think I'm just a dick and I don't want to. And that is like not cool. <laughs> so what when, did you do? When you hit that, what did you like, do Ooh. to stop being a dick? What did you do? No, I mean, first of all, I went to therapy about a lot of different things, but that was like, oh, I have to like really see, I don't know why I see the value in being of service in other ways. Yeah. And like, I don't, I'm all about service. Why do I not see being a, to my, my family in these ways of service? Did your mom do the laundry or did your dad ever do the laundry? Who did it in your house growing up? My mom. Your mom did it. Yeah. My dad was on tour a lot too. He's running around, but there is this in like, tension of like yeah. I, I don't want to do that where's it and, come from yeah where does it come from is it like i don't know mm. i mean it's your clothes why don't you want to wash your clothes <laughs> like no this is what i'm saying right? yeah that's this it. is not cool so there's been a lot more of that happening mm. back in the day so andy and i were roommates so we were roommates <laughs> yeah 10 years ago and then when who who did laundry then or like when you lived with <laughs> when you the story with my wife is so terrible. This is gonna make me sound horrible. Is I would just go on tour, buy a bunch of clothes, buy a suitcase, come back, and I'd be like, ah, I don't want to do that. And I would go buy more clothes and another suitcase. <laughs> and just like, and that was at the beginning when you weren't making much money too. So all your money was going to clothes, so you yeah, didn't yeah. have to do laundry. I just didn't want to do it, which is uh, not gross. That's like a that's some boy stuff. We're on a we're on a show called Man Enough. Yeah, we gotta like you know deal with the like that there's a there's something deeper there which i don't agree with yeah which i think is a man you have to like start to deal with is like okay i'm confronted with this thing my there's like some sort of river that's pulling me this way and when i sit down and really uh analyze it i'm like mm. that river is you being a dick let's like be clear about it right there's not a lot going on <laughs> here except like you're being selfish and then you have to there's like work to get out of that and not 
like needing to be congratulated. Well, that well, that's this is going to be my question. That's that's do, the next do level. Do you guys have you guys ever felt that when you do the dishes, it feels like you just party? You, you party. like like you like you just finished an Iron Man, or <laughs> or like or like you like accomplished a feat, or when you do. And Please I, all I, say no. <laughs> where, uh, by the way, replace dishes with any. You yeah. can replace that with anything around the house. I can do the dishes. The, the, the chore of doing it, I can do it. I think what I'm trying to unpack is why do I resist doing it? I can just What's do the, the act. Resistance? What's the invisible force? So part of it is like, because if I do it, my wife's like, great, you did it. But you, you, you do it with, with some angst. You do it with like resentment or you do it with something. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get to is to be better is to not just do the act, but to do it understanding um, the value of it, understanding how it's contributing to the family. Also, by the way, I don't know if laundry is a, um, it, it, part of it is that when I don't do laundry, um, not that I don't, neither one of us like to do it. Um, we both try to do it, but she does it more because I'm gone all day. And the only time we would normally do it, the kids are home at night and it gets late. So we've just kind of signed roles, not because she's the woman or because I'm the man, just because these are some of the roles I'll do during the day. These are some of the roles you'll do. And that's kind of what we do. My father was a stay-at-home dad, took care of my brother. Um, my mother worked and he did all that stuff, all this stuff. It wasn't about like gender. Yeah. We know that we know that gender norms are existing in the world and, mm-hmm. and we know that every family is different, right? So um, at mm. the moment, most of, most of it is men go off to work, women do the housework, right? That's what's, that's like what we're trying to break free. I mean, from. there are a lot of women who work and like, you well, know, but that is true, women though. who make minimum wage and, and they, they have to, have to also well. take care of the kid. And there are also situations where both couples have talked about the housework and talked about the various things and splitting them up. And then where, where I think that it wouldn't be a big deal or it would be okay. So long as both parties have discussed and it's not just laid on the woman like oh well you're you're a woman so you're expected to do that if the man is doing xxx and x housework mm-hmm. or whatever and the woman is doing xxxxx housework and they're split up mm-hmm. and one of them just happens to be laundry um i don't know if i see anything necessarily wrong with that so long as it's not just putting it on well that's what happens though that's what ends up happening right like so there's a lot of data because my wife doesn't like doing laundry either right no one likes doing laundry. (laughs) i think like that's a gender neutral feeling here's why this is important we are in a global pandemic right it's been a year there are all these health consequences there's also all these economic consequences right? It's the most unequal um, economic crisis of all time because women have lost their jobs in retail and service. Um, And what we're also seeing, and we don't really talk about, is how female suicide rates have skyrocketed around the world. So you look at places like Japan, like South Korea, uh, where in, I believe in October of 2020, more people died from suicide in Japan than died by COVID. And that's because the rate of female suicide increased by seven, Mm. 700%, right? Seven Mm. times more women commit suicide. And what we're seeing here in the United States, we don't track suicide in the same way. So we don't do it in real time. We're going to find out. 
how terrible this crisis has been for women, uh, but in terms of mental health, working mothers are the worst. Women who are caregivers have been hit the worst. Google searches for like, I wanna kill myself have increased 30, 40, 60%. Yeah. Also, what is increased by 30, 40, 60% is how do I hit my wife without anyone knowing? Oof. Also increased by 30, 50, 60%, how do I control my woman? So domestic violence hotlines yeah. cannot meet the demand for what's happening. And so women are stuck inside their homes. Yeah. They've lost their jobs and they have to take care of these children, right? What we're seeing is an increase in female suicide, an increase in mental health problems. It's worse for women of color. It's worse for low-income women. And male suicide, usually, historically speaking, increases during economic recessions. So normally, recessions will hit men worse. If you look at 2008, manufacturing jobs, mostly male jobs, women lost jobs too. But male suicide rates increase because men have to be providers, men need to be protectors. If they lose their job, they lose their woman, right? But here's the thing, the one buffer that reduces male suicide during moments of economic turmoil is having women economically empowered in that country mm. and having them be equal participants in the workplace, mm. right? Taking on non-traditional roles outside the home. Mm -hmm. Now what's happening right now is that we have an incomplete gender revolution, right? We have women in the home and outside the home saying, I'm gonna do laundry, I'm gonna take care of the kids and I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna be a boss, and I'm gonna be amazing, right? But then we have men who work and who are great at working, great at being workaholics, right? We talked about that earlier today. They work, they work, they work and they don't do the laundry because they feel weird about it. They don't take care of their own kids because I don't know, it feels weird, right? And so because men have not completed the gender revolution and done their side of the equation by taking on non-traditional roles as well, we're going to have a female suicide crisis globally and a femicide crisis globally the likes of which we've never seen before. And so when I sit here and I hear you casually reference the lack of equality within your home um, and talk about it instead of doing it, I feel angry and it makes me wanna cry. Mm. I'm trying not to cry because I want you to take me seriously. Yeah. Thank so, you for sharing that. Yeah, that you. is so um, um, impactful. Um, it's so much that we don't know. I don't know about this. I mean, all of this in terms of the data and the facts that you share. So I wonder, how do we manage one extreme of men but what you described, which is real, is not this dude. That doesn't mean he has a lot to learn. I know I'm not that man. I'm way short. I fall way short in life in many, many ways. Um, but if I think my wife were here, she would say, is he what you described? I think no. She wouldn't say that 
disabled and, and, and what did I describe? Just so I'm, what a, did I describe? A man that... Be, I, and I'm talking about men overall. All I'm trying to make a distinction, right. and I'm, being, I'm, I'm just being straight, is how do we get the men who are not completely absent of being present in the home and, tr and, and um, but do have an issue with some stuff, are acknowledging, okay, I gotta get over that. It's not cool. I need to be, I need to be different. How do we, um, how do we do that in a way that doesn't then make them do this? And you know, like, oh shit, no, okay. And then they run because of our, because of being defensive. But I don't, I don't care about the, I, I care about you guys. Like what, why, <laughs> I think it's like, this feels like the good guy, you know, we were talking about the good white liberal thing of like, well, I'm not like, you know, saying the N word, like I'm not going out in the KK. No, I'm, I'm doing the bare that. minimum. And so like what I need, and I'm not speaking on behalf of all women, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. What I need is for good guys to say, this is my issue. And I'm going to I'm going to change this right now. I'm gonna have a conversation with my but partner. But trauma doesn't work right that now. way. But, but but trauma doesn't hold on. But Sorry. what's what's no, traumatic what I'm saying, about if I'm trying to be better or if a man is trying and they're saying, I have to unlearn so much stuff that I have had for my whole life. I wanna do it different. For some reason I I don't know how. You know what helps men change immediately? What 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 creates an immediate change in how equal um, that domestic work is, and, and, and so taking care of the kids and taking care of the house. Do you know what immediately changes that? Hmm. Parental leave. And by parental leave, yep. I mean, by the way, daddy leave. Quebec, a couple years ago, did this uh, daddy quota experiment, which Denmark also did. They tried the like, be a man, take parental, take daddy leave. And that didn't change anything. When they said, okay, here's a bunch of time off. <laughs> you can take it or um, you lose it, right? Take it or lose it. So you, you kind of sound like a ding dong if you don't take it because you're literally giving up like free money. You're getting money. it, it's, a, it's an incentive. It's an incentive it, yeah. to take it. And so first of all, men take it, <laughs> right? And the default is you take care of your kids. If you're a dad, you, you stay at home. And what the magical thing that happened in Quebec <laughs> is that men started doing more domestic work. So men, not by being nagged, not by being asked, not by doing, you know, talking about it for hours, they suddenly there was a, a policy decision, right? A collective decision of a prioritization of men's role as fathers and as parents. Mm -hmm. And again, this is, you know, there's so many forces at play, by the way, right? Like, again, we pay people, the minimum wage hasn't changed in 35 years. Um, so men making the minimum wage are working sometimes two, three jobs, right? So they're not in the home. I get it. What I'm hearing is as a man, especially as a white man, you need to be shaken hard about what's the gender inequality. And I just appreciate it. Yeah, that's for sure. I agree. Like it's the structure, right? Like patriarchy is the original hierarchy and we don't question it, you know, in, 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 in the same way that, that I think we question other things. Um, we assume, well, yeah, we just make so many assumptions. And again, we're both stuck in these patterns, right? Like women end up to your point, like we're constantly told we're taking up too much space, we're interrupted, 
we're not trusted with our own bodies, let alone everything else. So like we get smaller because society tells us that's how, mm. that's how people will like us. And you get, you know, bigger yeah. because that's what society tells you. Yeah. And then, yeah, you put those two people together and it's like, I think so many, uh, so many divorce. I mean, people have told me this who've been divorced. Like, they're like, I wish I'd read your book like five years ago, right? Like, because I feel like I could have avoided this divorce, right? Mm. I think there's so many, uh, it's so, heterosexual relationships are so complex because of the way that the patriarchy sends us these messages. And again, I'm gonna come in with some data, which is one of my favorite studies, is looking at queer couples and looking at same-sex couples. When you don't have these like set roles, when it's man-man or woman-woman or gender non-binary, gender fluid, right? Like that domestic battle, right? This issue that's so hard is not hard. They split chores pretty much 50-50. Queer couples split chores way more equally than straight couples do. Mm. And they also do things that they're good at, right? So when I come into a partnership with a man, for example, he's been brought up in a society, we've been up in the same society that tells me I need to cook, I need to clean, I need to do laundry, I need to care for the kids, I'm nurturing, I'm so good at it. He's told, you know, put out the garbage and uh, fix the garbage disposal and, and kill spiders, right? Um, and so, I've I've played that role like and and I've we've done the dance but then it's like wait what what I hate this dance I why are we doing this like the Macarena where did I learn this this sucks I want to stop doing this okay <laughs> and I really think we don't realize how much we're hurting uh, heterosexuality I really think we make it harder than it needs to be because yeah it becomes this like com this this conflict or or if a guy stays at home if a guy loves to cook it's like a thing. You know, it's like, oh, he has to explain it. Oh yeah, no, I take care of the kids because you know, she's, and it's, it's, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, it, so it hurts women far more, but it also hurts men, right? Cause then men can't do what they want to do. Maybe you're a super talented laundry man. Uh, not laundry man, I want to say. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> laundry man. Maybe you're so talented at something or you really enjoy it. Yeah. But again, cause it's like, well, that's not what men do. Hmm. Um, you've never done it and you don't know it. So I just, I want us all to like, see this as an, not as a, this is what you need to do and this is how you need to change and it's gonna suck. As a like, wow, how much better can my life be? How much better could my relationship be? If I just showed up as myself, and if my partner was free enough to show up as herself. But, but, but hold on. So listen, I just want to, I want to push back on something. Because I feel like that's what I said earlier before. No, the three of you said I don't do laundry. No, yeah, well, but, no, but then I said, I, but then I said, well, what about the men that have an agreement with their spouses where right, they've but, talked about these things, mm -hmm. right? So like in my household, I don't do laundry, but I do all the cooking because my wife hates cooking, mm -hmm. right? That's why I bring data because like, it doesn't matter, I, you know, what you do or what you do, what you individually do. It's like, look at what men do. Yeah. Right. And like, let's look at that and and let's look at not the exceptions, uh, but let's look at what is the rule right now and how we can change that. Because, yeah. And like, I'm with you. As so, a whole, so as a whole, right, for for men who are listening and hopefully, I mean, look, just and this is what's so important about actually listening, because what you said and the way you described it 
and the amount of women who are suffering, right? Um, that is something that I believe every man should hear and needs to hear. And it's up to the individual man whether or not they're living in that household or not, because only they know what they're doing and what they're not doing. Mm -hmm. Only they know the communication they're having with their partners and what they're not. Only they know the agreements, right? If you if you are a man and you are in a in a agreement with your wife and it's not just assumed that she does all the laundry work and the housework and everything else, and you go pay the bills and you expect dinner to come home on time, well then maybe it's time you have a conversation and start sharing that load. And if you're somebody who's entered into that agreement and it's it's verbal and consensual and she wants to and you you talk about if this is good or bad or you if she likes it, then 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 you know, sure, you should still probably and you can do more cuz chances are you're a man and you can do a lot more, but you know, I don't necessarily think that 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 person needs to feel like they are they are responsible for the deaths of all of these women, like that individual person who might be listening to this, who is doing the laundry, who is sharing, who who has talked to this, or maybe who's working right now and is his wife wants to do the laundry. I just think that there's so many situations and I just want to, for somebody who's listening right now, I just want to make sure that every household and situation is different. These are trends, these are real data, and they're not made up. But I, and the fact of the matter is we have a lot of fucking work to do. Yeah, and I think if you're a man, it's still really good to be shaken. I just think we need to be shaken. The good intentions of men uh, need to be, there need to be spaces that are okay to have someone be like, is anyone listening? Are you guys asleep? That is okay. Yeah. The issue of like laundry, right? It's like laundry, but it's not laundry. It's everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse, but we have to name the thing that is preventing us from even entering the conversation. Because for uh, for a lot of men, they don't even think it's a thing. They just think that that's their, they're just living. It almost feels like there's two conversations. Um, the conversation of men coming to a discussion where we're learning about the impact and facts and data and how much this is permeating society. Mm. Being shocked They're, awake. Being shocked, there's that. And that is a 100% com complete, um, complete truth that needs to happen. Because so much of us are way off on context of how serious it is. Agreed. So that's, that's one. And, and for that, I'm fully on board. Yeah. Even if it shakes me, even if it's like, oh, oh God, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm here, I'm here. Okay, tell, tell me more, tell me more. And the other conversation at the same time, I'm raised a black man. I know what straight up like racism is right in your face. And I know what it is when it's in the backyard. When someone who's in denial of their racism for their whole life and they say, shit, yeah, I can see that. I kind of been a little, I'm starting to see a little clear that that's not cool. There, there has to be a space for them to say it before I shake, you know, that I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, this is all, uh, and I go and make them feel like they're, because then they're gonna run and not say it again. So if they came out and said, oh, okay, wait a minute, if I just say, well, just be better, just don't be racist anymore, then that, I know that's not gonna happen. I know that won't happen. There's, otherwise it wouldn't, I, that's a, an expectation I could never, it would never be met. So when they do say it, I gotta find a space. How do I have two conversations? Shake them, racist shit going on everywhere, look at this, and also the people that come out of the woodwork and say, huh, I wanna hear that, also allow them to do that. 
it's like two things that need to happen simultaneously. Yeah, I think they can and, both be true. And I think they're both true. And I guess, and maybe what I failed at doing is I was, is I think the two, that's those two conversations are what I'm attempting to rectify. Mm. It's both. It's not either or it's, and it's, it's, you need both of them. We need to know the data. We need to know what, that we're killing women. We need to know that we're killing ourselves. We need to know how, how unhappy we are making ourselves by doing, by not doing something as simple as the laundry and what Jamie just said. Yeah. Like you don't get a pat on the back, Mm-mm. but there is real work to do the same work that women need to do to, uh, own their space that has been denied them so much. Yeah. Like there's a lot, I, I would say that that is a part, like there's work to be done on both sides. So I think more though, sides, I think, no, well more, but, but there's well, way more on the guy. Yeah, and I think that the, one of the skills that we are not good at and why it, it's like a little cringy when you say what you say to me, I think you're right, which is, um, wait, what was cringy? Just, just um, when, when he says like, I don't know why the easiest analogy, and I don't know, stop me if I'm being stupid, is that like trying to make it easier for a white guy to, un- like trying to give, explain racism in a way that a white guy will understand. I could see why that would be so fucking annoying. And similarly for a woman to explain sexism to a guy and try to do it in a way that you'll understand is fair to elicit rage. <laughs> As well as there actually is just work that I'm trying to do. Yeah. And how do we create spaces? And maybe those are only with guys. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the only way to do it. Is be like, hey, right. just well, with is guys. That, but is- yeah, I mean, I think that, that's such a good point that you bring, Andy, because most of the work that you do as a quote unquote ally mm. is not with the marginalized group. It is within your own so if all I do is talk about racism when black and brown people are around, I'm not, I'm not being an ally. I'm not being a, a, a good ally. <laughs> if I bring up racism when white people are around, when white people are racist or do racist things or have good intentions, but marginalized mm-hmm. people of color, that's the work. Yeah, I don't, I don't wanna lay out all the ways <laughs> I've been racist to a person of color. Oh my God, my family's so, you won't, they don't, I mean, unless that is something that uh, a person of color asks, asks me, that's not, I don't unload on them. I can maybe unload on a person, on a white person and say, how do you deal with your racist family? Or how Mm. do you deal with racism at work? How do you, um, but that's not their, that's, that's not their job. And I'm not being an ally if I'm making it their job. Step one of the work as a guy is you you got to get some tougher skin you got to be able to hear that mm-hmm. and not run away in defensiveness or think that it emasculates you to a place that you just can't mm-hmm. hear the truth of a situation there's ugly truth mm-hmm. about our world and our mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. And, and, us. and if you want to show up and be a part of it you you're going to catch especially if you're a man, especially if you're a white man, you're going to catch a lot. And if you run, you're just like really losing what can be. And I'll go back to the the Baha'i quote that my mom would make very clear to me all the time, which is men and women are wings of a bird. And until they're equal, it can't fly. 
And if you have to see it that way, you have to come to this with like, there is a better version for everyone, not just women. It's not just I'm giving up cookies. It's not that I have nine cookies and she has one and now I have five and we're equal five cookies. That's the dumbest way to think about Mm -hmm. it. We don't even know how beautiful life can be, what our family life can be, what this world can be if you actually hit equality of men and women. And step one is grow some fucking skin to handle these conversations or else we're screwed. I'm happy you didn't say Mm. grow some balls. Mm. I know, I was where. I almost did. (laughs) Grow some ovaries. Grow some ovaries. We're pretty pretty strong. That that doesn't. I don't settle. have my urethra. Yeah. What's it's, that? And yet I hear that, and now tomorrow you wake up and I got to go figure out how to do the work. Like you're right. I got a tough skin. I got all that shit. One hundred percent. I got to be better. I got to be better. I got to be better. I got to rise. I got to show up. So now tomorrow morning I wake up, and then there's a dude, and there's a racist dude, and then there's someone that's got this who doesn't know how, who's who's in that shit, who you say have tougher skin. And they go, okay, what do I do with that? No, I think. Where do I go yeah. to get my tougher? How do I do it? This Liz told me all this amazing shit. The book is in there. Now, how do I, how do I, how do I learn how to embrace it? Because everything around me, the toxicity around me, the smog that I breathe reminds me that the world, that women are this and there's that and not to respect them for this and this, all this stuff I'm up against. I think there's a how duality. Do I, how do I do that? That both are true. When she says, just fucking do the laundry. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also true that like it's not just the laundry; it's a whole history of things that make it yeah, really hard. It's not just the nail for me to do that. Same way that if a woman you say just like just do the thing that you've been conditioned to not do, just do it. It's like right there, just fucking do it. And it's like there's a lot more to that. To that, uh, but the the anger of like you also just won't do the dishes is also very real. Very real. Yeah, and 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 just like with everything, you know, again, anti-racist work, it's one day at a time. And, and yeah, you won't be able to read every book that's ever been, you know, and I went through that of just like, okay, I gotta, I gotta quit my job so I can like read and, and learn all the things that I'm so late to. Mm. And, and I'm so embarrassed that I'm in my mid thirties and I'm, you yeah. know, so it's a yes and. Like, I don't have to coddle, you know, you um, to, to, to also tell you, take it one day at a time, but take it one day at a time and start now. And, uh, and ask questions, Yeah. ask questions of yourself, ask why, ask, I mean, that's something that's been important for me. Like, hey, look, I want to know why I, you know, have done the dishes and I've been like kind of proud of myself. I want to know why I ask those questions and then also talk to you if you, if you have a partner, if you're not single. Or if you are single, it's a great conversation starter, maybe on a date, but ask questions. I also think it's a really good thing to uh, get a lot of men together. Yeah. There's like a real power when a bunch of men get together and have conversations. Uh, Then we don't do it a lot. And when you do do it, you find that you share things. And these are special times where you can share stuff without uh, offending a whole half of the world. Yeah. And those groups are important. Um, they're, 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 they're crucial. And, and the fact that men don't, uh, you know, women gather very often, right? And, and, yeah. and talk about these things. And that's why there's a whole chapter in the book about friendship. Because I'm like, yeah. talk to each other. Well, like, yeah. talk. And, and, and that is what our goal is here. And I think that the guy out there who's like, at step one, who's like, just even recognizing, the, first of all, if you're even listening to this and you've made it this far, that's awesome. So kudos. And I hope it's, it's half permeated. awesome and half like just 
normal. The bar is so sobriety. low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That I'm congratulating you for listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for even finding and wanting to listen to the podcast. That's just the truth. Yeah. But uh, but if you're getting together with your guys or with your boys, have the pointed conversation about like take this episode, take this podcast, and talk to your guys about laundry, about the dishes. Have a conversation about it. Get everybody's perspective. Mm. I'm actually really curious. Yeah. I'd actually be very curious to hear what um, a bunch of guys, if they will ever get together and have the conversation about it, do. And talk to your partner. I'm really glad you were here. Thank you. And we can all do better. And we will continue to try to do better. And thank God you're willing to sit here and have a conversation like this. Mm. Um, and go into the fire and hear it and listen. Because at the end of the day, like the world is burning. And if we don't go into the fire, then... We're just all going to die. Mm. Um, and I didn't mean to make it a metaphor, but the world is also burning literally. It is. Yeah. And it's also our fault. So what does it mean for you to be brave enough? Yeah, I think both of what you guys are saying is true. I think brave enough is to speak and have the conversation as well as do the action knowing that it will be very messy. Mm. So like, uh, it's just hard work. Yeah. You jump in, you try to do it and know that when you do, there is no trophy. It's just like better for you and for everybody else. Nothing. And then we talk about this, but nothing in life that has ever meant anything to anybody has ever come easy. I'm terrified of my wife hearing this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think she'd give me, because she knows the real deal and she'd be like, yeah, in that way you're good and in that way you have a lot of, you have a ways to go. Yeah. Mm. We go at it. And I, and I go home and I talk to my wife about these conversations and she's like, good. Yeah. It's like, good. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. We need to have these conversations. It's not like, great job, pat on your back. It's like, good. Should we do rapid questions? Should we go into it? Yeah. By the way, I thought you were going to say rapid test. That's how pandemic no, I am. <laughs> Welcome to this week's Man Enough podcast rapid fire questions. Uh, Andy, when is the last time that you cried? I cried a little before we started this because I thought of my mom. Right. The only thing that just makes me cry. And like, she's one of her main purposes on earth was to try to get me to this table better than <laughs> better than the average. And, I, you know, who, who knows what, what that means. But I thought of her. You're here. Yeah. 70 years. Let's just say 70 years in the future, you're a ghost at your own funeral. You're 120. You're hanging out with mom. Yes. Mm. What do you hope is said about you and the way you walk through the world as a man? That he, through his art and through his life, pushed me towards spirit mm. so that hope you've done that for me what does it mean to be man enough the person that comes to my brain is uh this now you're speaking about the baha'i faith is a spiritual teacher abdul baha and he was all about service and he would roam the streets and help the homeless or he would be like and so there's a lot of things that i know that i do uh subconsciously that would answer that question. But it's strong, the other side. Strong. The lower side. You have like, a song about it, right? What was it, Civil War? Civil War. <laughs> right? Yeah. I want to get in my sweet car, right? Like mm. that That would be the lower nature of the answer. 
and the higher nature is when I am serving somebody else. Mm. All right. Well, this, this has been awesome. Good stuff. Man. Uh, thank you, Liz Plank. Thank you, Jamie Heath. Andy Grammer, thank you. Thank for you, Thank you for Very sitting excited to be here. at the table. <laughs> Holy crap. You guys do this all day? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> good it's oh. so good what's funny is like you do that but then i imagine what it's like for liz like you go oh and then she probably goes home and is like jesus she's like these dummies i can't even believe i have to go to work with these i can't even believe i have to work with these dummies oh god dummy number one here saying if you like what you hear check us out at manenough.com slash podcast and you can follow us at we are man enough on instagram facebook twitter and andy where can we follow you dude um uh, follow me on tiktok TikTok. Oh, love in that news. place. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Go check out some music if you haven't heard it before. Go listen to a song that I wrote for my mother called She'd Say with uh, Lady Smith Black Mombazo. Go mm, check it out. That's a good one. All right, all. Cool. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Thank you for listening to Bye-bye. Man Enough. Hey, guys, check this out. So normally at the end of an episode, me, Liz, and Justin all sit around and we discuss and recap the conversation we just had. In this case, the conversation got so heavy. Um, I was super defensive. Justin had his feelings. Uh, Andy, of course, as the champion that he is, was willing to sit and be involved in a conversation that sometimes is a little uneasy. Uh, I think it got uneasy because men, even though I care about this stuff, I'm learning in real time. And to be honest with you, Liz challenged us. She challenged me, that's for sure. Um, And at the end of it, there was emotions. I was really hot. I must be straight up. I was really hot. And Liz came to us and says, you know what? Why don't the three of you guys process this and recap amongst yourselves and see what comes out of that? So Liz, thanks for letting us do that. And um, we'll see you next time. Hello, and welcome back to Man Enough. Normally we have a recap with Liz Mm -hmm. and today it's with Andy. So Liz has been gracious enough to allow the three of us to digest Talk it um, down. The conversation we just had. We just had this amazing conversation, and and I'm I'm emotional. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love Liz. She's, and she's a woman fighting. She's incredible for for half of the world that has been oppressed for so long, and she just wants it to look different. Mm-hmm. And she's holding us accountable, and I love her for that. As a black man, hell fucking yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm conflicted. I don't know what to do with some of the stuff because. Um, it's all there. So mm. let me start with how do you feel with the way that it I think went honestly it went incredible. I learned a lot of things from her. I also think when you talk about masculinity, what we're what, what you're trying to get to is what is this thing that guides our lives? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. You know? And uh I don't know if I'm the best one to tell you that. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm so happy with her in this seat from a vantage point that's not being affected by this invisible force that's taking us all down the river. Going like, uh, you know, I didn't, I'm going to tell you how it is. The thing she said about women's suicide. Oh, man. Well, and the other thing is why isn't it everywhere? Also, why is that that data that she shared with us not everywhere. Why is that not on every news station? And why does it not Twitter seem like feed? a manly characteristic to listen? To listen? To just be a little bit dressed down. Like an old world version of it would be like, oh, you got emasculated, maybe. I think it's a very manly quality 
and like really cool to have three men here that are like, yeah, yeah, this is so interesting. Please teach me. And yet, it yet it's yeah. Uh, there's something going on. Yeah. I think that you're not giving men enough credit. I think that men will come on this show and want to get into real stuff. Okay. I stand by great men. I think there are great men out there that are evolved and willing. And okay. You, and, and you and you think I've lost you? You lost me. We have so few men to pick from. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're saying we're recognizing. Well, I would argue that, that race... women do feel that way yeah, in general. I'm, I think I think that I'm, on, I don't know how many kidding? times I've heard from women in my life where are the good men. No, I, no, there are men that are willing that, that want to come on and get into truth. Now, to Jamie's point, I don't know that they want to feel I haven't like made my point yet. I know, I know. You're like, <laughs> go, go, finish. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there are a host of men in the world, amazing men who are fucked up, who have breathed in all this sexism. And when they are willing to come to somebody and say, um, I'm sexist. I watch porn. I don't do laundry. I don't listen well, I, whatever it may be. When they come out and say it, how, how do we hold space for that? And, and it's oftentimes like Liz does what she does so well. And what I love about her so much, she's such an ally. And she like, is like, she's almost, I'm confused if she wasn't raised with black people, but, um, because she's such, she's so passionate about it. And she, and she makes reference to that, but I am one that knows that the world is racist. And if I expect people to just show up and just be better, I'm going to, they're going to fall short every day. So I have to make space for them to say, okay, all right, I don't agree with that, but I'm trying, and here's some of the ways I've been racist. And when they acknowledge that, in fact, their company's a little unfair, or that they don't do this, or that they don't do this, there has to be some space to let them say that without making them run away. Okay, this is what I'll say. We, in that situation, I, would, I, I agree, and it's, there's no one-size-fits-all, but what we witnessed was like a woman who had no choice. She had no choice, I don't blame her. Being in the situation with you, Jamie, where I have said things or done things that have hurt you as a black man. As an example, when we went shopping for my, for my wedding shirt and a very racist thing happened to you, we both walked into a very high-end like, you know, dress shop, like a, suit shop where you buy like dress shirts and we both had coffees and a guy went straight up to him and said you can't have a coffee in here didn't bother me let me do my thing in fact offered to help me the other person jamie says why what you don't think i can you think i'm gonna spill coffee on on one of your expensive shirts and the guy's like no but you can't have a coffee in here and he goes to points at me he says what about him he has a coffee why don't you go talk to him yeah and then I go to Jamie and say, dude, it's not about race. It's not about race, man. He goes, what do you mean it's not about race? Of course it's about race because he's been through this a thousand times. So then we leave and he starts getting on me and you're mad at me. Not really, you're mad at me for not being there for you, but you're also mad because this shit keeps happening to you because you are a black man living in a racist patriarchal world where we both can walk into a place and you get pointed out because you're a black dude and I get off scot-free. In that, in that moment... Did you like, if I would have, I mean, I, I just got to ask, like, what, is there space for me to be like, oh, Jamie, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm no, sorry. that's no 100% not. See, that pisses me off. If 100%, when that happens, 
and you don't hear me, then I'm going to come at you with some truth like Liz does. Yeah. But if the next day, a week later, you say to me, Jamie, there's some tendencies I have. And in the past, I haven't been my best self. Mm. And, um, and is that the moment that I say to you, Mm, no, I, I understand what you're That's saying. That's the moment where I'm like, I got to leave I, space for that. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what, and there's some black people on the set. And I tell you this, Woods, I don't, what we want is for there to be no more racism. That's for sure. But we know for sure there's too many thousands of years of us being oppressed. I don't expect you to be better overnight. There's no way. We've been asking you forever and you haven't changed it. So when you, if you are willing to come to the party I, I got to let you in the room. I, I got to make, I, there's got to be some safety. To me, the truth is too good. Mm. Are you man enough to care more about her? Yeah. Mm. I have to just say, what if you're both right? Oh, I think, I think. And, and I, think, they're both I right. think you are both right. And what's, and what's so weird, and it's weird for me to be here, is I feel both ways. There's discomfort, and, and we are again worried about the male discomfort. I feel <laughs> I'm not I, worried about the male discomfort. Be just be uncomfortable all you want, but I want men to come to. I want men to be different and to stop being sexist, right? So there are men that need help with that. Yeah. So I'm not worried about not shaking, making you uncomfortable, but I got to get you to the party so that you will be willing to have and, the conversation. And, and yeah. in full disclosure, if you read Liz's book, honestly, and I hope. If you're listening to this, you do. You're going to learn a lot more than if you read my book. That's for sure. Um, you are. And honestly, you should probably buy hers over mine. <laughs> That's for sure. If you've, made it, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you should probably buy her book. No, no, mine. this is the whole thing. However, this is the whole thing. This is what we're talking about. You need both of them. But you need to be able to hear the intensity. And then you need, uh, you need what he's saying is like, how do we, but where, where, I, where I am right now. Like, I know what you're saying is incredible, but I'm here right now, and I think so what I need it, yeah. And I think what Jamie's saying, we're having in some ways a Algebra 2 conversation, but like, I barely learned math. I think that that's, in some ways, some of what you're saying, some of what I'm feeling, while at the same time, I think we both can agree that like, what she said is 100% real and true. 100%. And it doesn't matter. I wanna be around that truth all the time. It, and, and, and what I'm not he's trying saying, to be annoying. What he's saying, I'm being sincere. On, a man, that was, a man that was that, raised by the, the most amazing woman to ever walk. Also, yeah. um, a, a wife that holds you accountable. You've done the work. You've been groomed your whole life to listen. There's to a that. lot of guys. There's a lot of cool guys that are open to this. There's a lot of cool guys that are open okay. to this. But I'm just talking you, about you, the you world. You go talk to some black men. Now we're talking about white men, right? You go talk to black men and Latino men who are used to having a posture to get somewhere in their life. Right, who have to be a man who have to represent something because we've been unmasculated our whole lives. Men who have trying to finally stand up for the first time in their life, and now you're gonna tell them um, that what the way they've done it is there's some shit that's not right with it. You know, you're you're contributing to the oppression of women, which is true. So they so I'm thinking about them that if they came to have a conversation about dealing with all their learned sexism. Um, there's got to be space for them. Yes. The answer is yes. Like, I'm most of the lie. world is not I, white. Most of the world is, no. and, well, is no, brown but, people who are trying but, to stand but let's, up like but, that. But let's, just, but let's just be real. I've been trying to do this for how many years? 
I've been trying to have this conversation publicly as a quote unquote, whatever the hell I am celebrity for how many years, <laughs> right? Like the fact, the fact that there were so few men that they asked me to do a Ted talk. Yeah. Right. That says something. Yeah. That, that says how, I mean, the fact that I got a standing ovation at Ted women for that says something. Everybody's right. That's where we're at. That's why this is, and you're both emotional for the same reasons, except you're on different spectrums. There are, if you go to India, go to, go to Mexico, you go to Spain, you like everywhere masculinity looks different and affects men in different ways. And it hurts women in different ways, but everywhere it's affecting us. It is a, it is a, it is worse than this pandemic. It is a pandemic. What's happening with masculinity. So, so everybody's right. She's right. She's for how she right. handled. She's right for because Andy said before we started, "Hey, I'm all in." He's and 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 honestly, like his mom being who she is, she's probably really happy that this conversation happened. Oh, <laughs> sure. yeah. She's she's so laughing and smiling and dancing right over your shoulder right if, now. If tickling souls you. from the next world could cheer <laughs> her on in this seat, she was. Just like, just like, just like our fire. producer, Annabella, right? Yeah. Who was literally cheering on. It doesn't mean that all women are going to feel that way. I don't know if my wife would feel that way. It doesn't mean all women will agree. It doesn't mean all women will agree on how it was handled. It doesn't mean, doesn't matter. What she felt was how she felt. How you responded was how you responded. How I did, how we all did. The point is, while my book, while the intention of the show is an invitation, calling men in versus calling men out, as mm -hmm. Tony Porter and Ted Bunch at A Call to Men say, we have to also be okay knowing that there will be men that don't stick around for the conversation. So I think that there's a true, yes, true, yes. And here we are living in this weird place where women are suffering and women are hurting and women are dying by suicide and men are hurting and men are killing themselves at, at extremely high rates as well because they're depressed and they don't have anyone to go to or, or and they're not willing to ask for help because masculinity has taught them that they shouldn't. And everybody is hurting. So maybe we can just be a place where we share our hearts. There is no answer. The answer is that this isn't working, but maybe the perspective- I it's working. No, I mean, no masculinity. This. Masculinity oh, yeah, 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 is- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, You definitely don't think masculinity is working, but no, maybe, no. maybe <laughs> this is the place where I think we this, share our hearts. This and, works. And this conversation does what it needs to do and reaches whoever it needs to reach. <laughs> and Andy's laughing and I love it. Andy it, loves Liz. <laughs> Liz, you're not here with us. And- um, and he loves you. He loves what you bring. He can't stop talking about it, as we do as well. But as a new person coming on, um, I just want you to—I just want to echo what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and I, I too love you. I, and I love you. And I uh, and I'm look. I'm grateful for this conversation. This is really uncomfortable, new shit, and uh, it and it shouldn't be, but it is. So. So I hope that if you're listening to this, you learn something. You might be, you might be like Andy. You might be like Jamie. You, may, you might be like me and have no idea what you're doing or what you're thinking <laughs> or feeling right now or confused why you're even still talking. But uh, whatever you're like, um, just know that this, this conversation is for you, wherever you are. And if you're, just, if you're learning math, don't be discouraged. Stick with it. It leads to geometry, which leads to algebra, mm -hmm. and eventually you'll get there. And uh, and we appreciate you listening. And and before we end, um, I do want to echo a point that you made about Liz, that she had no choice. 
of course, she did everything she did and shared everything she shared because she's really fighting for her survival. Um, and of course, hmm. so, um, I appreciate that. You care a lot about making sure that sexism stops and that racism stops. She cares a lot and wants it to stop because she's on the receiving end, just like you're on the receiving end of racism. And those things are both true. And you also want that, that person who's never heard it before to be willing to jump into the pool. And that's not wrong either. Yeah. And I think we can all agree that everything is true. So with that, you want to come back, Andy? <laughs> with that, Andy, you want to come back and uh, you want to be an honorary co-host because I, um, I, cause, cause, uh, I don't. Who knows who's gonna come on the show? Yeah. So, okay. I think we might need you. We're gonna, oh. You're gonna be a recurring. I love this. I will be here every day. Love it. Love you. Guys. And Asia's gonna have to join us sometime. Oh god. All right. Oh, let's uh, bring Asia. If you like this conversation, mm. uh, please follow us at manenough.com/podcast. Subscribe to us, like us wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know what? Let us know what you thought, you know. Uh, here we go. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Jamie Heath. And you're our guest, but now you're our you're guest. Our... I'm taking over. I'm Andy Grammer. <laughs> I'll see you later. And this and we thank you, has and, been. And thank you so much for this. This is really, really good. And on behalf of Liz Plank, who's not with us today, we say goodnight. This Love is man e Man enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Mahotra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Kerry Rathode from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Annabella Casanova, Mateen McCullough, and Sage Price are our producers. Maria Fernandez and Nicole Pritchard are our consulting producers. Josh Snyder is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.